0: You're tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide, coming to you Saturday and Sunday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, only on Sports Byline. Check it. Ron Liesley is saying, who's that lady? The lady's name is Claire Burke. She, of course, is a boxing advisor. She's got an interesting story. And she captivated me on the phone the other day to the point where I said, stop! Why? She said, what do you mean stop? I said, I want you to tell the story on the radio. Bottom line is she is spending some time with us. Claire Burke, how are you today? And where do you come? where are you coming to us from? Detroit. Motown. Yeah, so it's cold here. You ever been to Motown (laughs) Studios? Of course. Well, you know, Emanuel never went to a man. Emanuel Stewart never went there. I mean, I tried to get him down there. He used to drop me off there. <laughs> I mean, i go down there and, and spend time at the Motown studios, and, like, and I would go next door to the funeral parlors, a funeral parlor right to the left of it or to the right of yeah. it, depending on how you're looking at it. And I would give those guys some California weed, and we'd talk Motown. And we had a great time, and those were some great experience. I wanted to do a book on Barry Gordy, the boxer and the, mo- the, the music uh, mogul but nobody wanted to talk about him in the music business so that sort of book died on the stri- died on the vine. So anyway, Motown, Detroit, you're a boxing agent, manager, what do you call yourself?
1: Well, I mean currently right now I am the vice president of the American Boxing Federation, which is a was a retired federation from the 70s and 80s which I rebranded to the American Boxing Federation in 2018. Okay. But I think I just kind of call myself, I mean overall I mean, if a fighter's out there doing the work and living the lifestyle and, you know, putting in the effort, I'm kind of like a free advisor.
0: How about that? Okay. <laughs> so tell me about the guy that that you loaned some money to, or how'd you get that first contact in boxing? Talk to me about that. Um, well, it, it's kind of an odd story, but, you know, I started, um,
1: I used to be in the medical industry, so it's kind of even strange that I'm even in boxing to begin with. It doesn't really make a lot of sense. But I used to sell out cadavers to research hospitals and surgeons for,
0: you know. Um, how much? Time out! Time out! Time out! I got to ask you this: How much did you get a pound?
1: <laughs> it went by body parts.
0: Okay, I'm sorry, but continue. I'm sorry to interrupt you.
1: <laughs> no, no, you're good. That's funny. So, um, anyway, uh, let's see. Then it led me to helping someone out and becoming a partner in a check cashing store um, in, you know, a pretty rough neighborhood in Detroit. And I'll say after I was there, about six months um, running the place, a young man walked in, kid walked in, wherever you want to call him. And, you know, he had this little plastic, like I was telling you, this little plastic tattered, broken basket that you get like at a dollar store or something. And he walked in and he had all this stuff in it. And he said, hi, you know, and gives me his name. And he says, I'm, I'm selling tickets so I can buy shoes and shorts for my upcoming fight. I'm a professional fighter. Now, not knowing anything from, about boxing, you hear this and you think, this is insane. This can't be right. He's a professional athlete selling tickets to his show so he can buy shoes, right? Doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Mm-hmm. So I looked at what he had and um, bought, I think, about like 10 tickets. He went to the fight. He gave me a shot out. He knocked the guy out in like 45 seconds. And I'm thinking, wow, this kid must really be great, right? Because <laughs> I know nothing. And not that the kid isn't great, but I wouldn't have known if he wasn't at that point. So, one thing led to another. He would come in and he was, you know, come in throughout the week and, you know, was, would always hint around that he was hungry or, you know, needed a couple bucks for bus fare to get down to the gym. So, I ended up hiring him to walk me out every night. I figured that was better for everyone if he just made 25 bucks a night, only had to work for five minutes just walking me out, right? Mm-hmm. It worked for me. It worked for him. Let him keep his, you know, dignity without having to beg for food and stuff
0: so cool
1: uh let's see yeah i guess and i mean it worked out really well i mean he, he was a he's a nice guy he still is a nice guy he he was diligent he was there all the time he was thankful for it and it made me feel safer walking out it was it really was a win-win so one night uh let's say um in february we had this huge snowstorm okay and you're
0: from california right yeah we don't know too much about okay that.
1: Okay. All right. Well, you get it. But so it was this big, huge storm. you've been to Detroit enough to know when we get snow, it's snow. So yeah. this big snowstorm and he was going to walk home. I said, I'm no, I said, get in my car. I'm going to drive you home. No, 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 It's okay. I go, you're going to get hit by a car. I mean, you couldn't even see five feet ahead of you in a car. I, how are you going to walk home? So I dropped him off and um I'm, you know how you don't even realize you're doing it, but you wait for someone to turn the lights on and no lights went on. So I call him up. I said, Hey, are you okay? And he said, Yeah. I said, Oh, I didn't see any lights go on, just so make sure you're in the house okay. He goes, Lights? He goes, This is a squat house.
0: Now explain, and, explain that to the listeners.
1: Okay, so he was homeless, and it's a just a vacant house that someone had abandoned in Detroit or no one was currently living in, and he just moved in. Hmm, interesting. So, you know, it it was a moment for me that even as I'm telling you this story and I've told this story a dozen times, it brings me to tears. It, it just, it hit me so hard. You know, you hear about this. We all know it's a reality. We all know that there's homeless people out there. We know there's people struggling. I mean, but when it hit me like that, like I, I just felt like, how did I not see this? How did I, it really, it, it impacted me deeply Okay. so much so that I drove away And I had to pull over. So I drove like a couple miles um, across, just got just across eight mile. And I had to pull over and I'm I'm sobbing. And I just, I said, okay, I had to come to Jesus, talk with Jesus. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, and I just said, look, you know, my heart, you know, the person I am. Why, why did you put this person in my life? What am I supposed to do with this information? You know, and I'm not rich by any means. You know, I don't have a huge house or anything. I thought about it for a few days, and I said, you know what? I'm gonna. I have a, a finished basement with its own little kitchenette, and its own little, and its own bathroom. I thought maybe I can just let them move in for a few months. Maybe just through the winter, help them like you know maybe get a job. I wasn't didn't really know the whole situation, mm-hmm. so. The next time I saw him, I said, hey, you know, I was thinking, you know, you living in a squat house. I mean, that's not really safe. You don't have heat. You don't have electric. How about, you know, I have a couch in my basement. I kind of explained him the situation. I said, I'm not trying to be, you know, strange or anything because I didn't know how he would take it. Mm-hmm. I said, um, so why don't you move in with me and I'll be, we'll try and figure some stuff out, you know, for a few months. He didn't even hesitate. He's like, sure. I'm like, okay. And I'm chuckling because that's not what I expected. I just expected him to like, ah, let me think about it. But Are you kidding?
0: Are you kidding (laughs) getting out of the snow? Getting out of the snow in Detroit? (laughs) Right. But I'm just thinking that you
1: might, "Ah," you know, who knows? I mean, I just wasn't expecting him to answer right away, but I'm sure he wasn't expecting me to ask. So the next day he showed up when he was supposed to walk me out with a backpack and a bag full of boxing gear. And he said, I go, Oh, what's all that? And he, I go, you went to the gym. I was just, no, you said I could move in. I mean, he was ready. It just, Oh, okay. Know. And I didn't feel prepared, but that's, that's how it happened. And he was a fighter and somewhere, you know, before all that happened, he had, after his fight, he had gotten a check from his uh, fight from his then promoter. You mean payment? And it was for, p- payment for fighting? Right, and it was $311. Wow. I mean, $311, and I thought, this is this is crazy. I mean, he sold all that. I bought more than $300 worth of tickets. <laughs> so I'm thinking, where did this money go? I mean, I don't, it just, it just didn't make any sense to me. Then the check bounced. Whoa. On top of that. Yeah, he didn't even get payment. So obviously I didn't, you know, ask him for the money back that he'd given him when I cashed the check, but I did contract his promoter and get him you know, his money and then he kept saying you should help me, you should help me with boxing he talked to me about it every day, I said look I'm trying to help you but I know nothing about boxing I know nothing about the business and if I'm truly trying to help you, I, that doesn't seem like a big help to me, that seems like creating more of a problem so I only knew one person in boxing, I feel like I'm just rambling,
0: keep going, keep going I'm <laughs> okay. going
1: for it, I only, I only knew one
0: one person in boxing we lost her?
1: I, I know. I had a call coming in and I thought it was blocked and it wasn't. I am okay. so sorry. I thought All I right. turned off my incoming calls. So I um, only knew one person. That was Jimmy Mallow. And Jimmy Mallow was the trainer and manager for Mary Joe Sanders, the uh-huh. two-time world champion. Uh, Charlie Sanders, her dad was Charlie Sanders, the uh, Detroit Lions Hall of Famer. That's the only person I knew. So I took, took him out there and he said, you know, the kids got some talent. And I said, okay, what do I, what do I take him to? What do I do? He said, well, you should manage him again. I said, I know nothing. He goes, Claire, you're good with business. You're smart. You're going to look out for the kid. That's, that's the number one thing. I said, well, it seems like there should be a lot more after number one, like maybe up to a number 10,000. And, um, so I took him around to gyms and I just used my instinct and we went to a gym and someone BS'd us or something like that, or told us some crap. We we bounced. We left. I said, well, well, go to a different gym. We're not coming here anymore. Until so we found this great team um, and the right people in a suburb, actually, not in Detroit. And I was able to get investors and things like that. Before you knew it, I was managing this kid. And
0: once you get in boxing, you never leave. Yeah, well, here's what's up you love you love the first five years you're in boxing and then the the next 25 you're trying to get out and you can't um that's what that's what people say anyway uh, you you ch- know I'm past five years and I love it okay all right to check all right Clara Burke is our guest boxing extraordinary uh, extraordinary advisor coming to us from of course from the city. Of Motown, Detroit, Michigan. Now you had a check cash in place. I used to scalp tickets, I'll admit it. I used to scalp tickets all the way up until the nineties, and probably after that. But Oscar de la Hoya fights were hot in Vegas, okay? So I would buy like forty five or fifty tickets and go down there and scalp them on the strip. All right. So mm-hmm. so I i never I never got taken ever, ever with counterfeit money, <laughs> but some dude got me this one time. He got me this one oh, time no. with two fake hundred dollar bills, okay? It was a twelve hundred dollar ticket, so I think I still made about six Five, four, or five hundred bucks on it, but I was gouging him to the to, to the max, and he was, you know that's what you do when you scalp. Anyway, it's, it's right. like it's 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 a capitalist type of thing. Anyway, um, so he got me for for two fake one hundred dollars bills, and, and the bank threw them back at me when I got here, back here to San Francisco. We ain't taking this kind of stuff. Anyway, he got over on me. People get over on you regularly, or did, did were you able to uh, combat that? No,
1: I was just, I was actually pretty good at it. now. In between all this stuff, and like while I was working my way through um college. I was. I worked my way through college as a PI, so I'm pretty. Oh, I'm pretty man. sharp with stuff like that. Okay. So yeah, I was okay. I mean, there was a couple times I got taken on a couple fake checks, but nothing big. And you know, I had still had my program that I could use because I was uh, still a licensed PI that mm-hmm. I could go into and check people out before I cash checks for people I didn't know. So almost, no, we have I'm- machines there too that read it if it's counterfeit. So. There's technology
0: now. I'm a licensed PI, but that didn't stop a couple of promoters from an ex-cop. didn't stop a couple (laughs) I didn't know that about you. Yeah, yeah, check this out. I went to Hawaii to pick up the North American Boxing Writer of the Year Award in 1990, and I flew over there, and my house payment bounced, and all this stuff was bouncing over here, and I couldn't believe it. So the bank calls me. I check the answering machine, and the bank's going, hey, man, everything's bouncing here. you." Well, it turns out Bill Wheeler bounced a $5,000 check on me. You know, so uh, yeah, but you know, i mean, I get, I ended up getting it back. But the bottom line is, you know, that's that's boxing and I can go on and on about the bounce checks anyway. So what are you doing nowadays? What are you doing right now? Well, I'm
1: still running the ABF and basically I use the ABF too, and not I don't want to say use the ABF, but it's it's my way to meet teams and meet people face to face and give some of these kids an opportunity that are never gonna be, you know, a multi million dollar fight world champion the best moment of their life. And I, I don't know if you understand what I'm saying, but we, you when what. they win that regional belt, yeah. it literally is for some of them, most of them, the best moment of that they've lived so far in their life. And it's priceless. It, it truly is. So I'm doing that and, um, you know, working on some other deals. I mean, ultimately I'd like to be able to, um, you know, be in charge of a larger promotion that I can work with up and coming fighters and what I mean is, you know, the top 2% of fighters, you know, they're, they, they've got a business plan for them, right? They're making some money, but there's 98% of the market that doesn't, you know, do, isn't making a lot of money, isn't ever going to make a ton of money, and they need someone to kind of help them have a plan B. So I'd like, I'm, you know, getting involved with fighters. So we don't have a lot of fighters, you know, there's a lot of, former fighters, I'm sure you know this, that um, you know, are really struggling out there. You and they just they never had a plan B. You know, part of being a fighter, prize fighter, Claire, is- Claire,
0: Claire, I'm gonna run up on a hard break right now. The commercial says we gotta go break. Yeah. Why, don't go why don't you stick around why you stick around to after the break? We'll talk a couple more minutes, okay? Okay. You are tuned to Ring Talk Live Worldwide, a.k.a. WBC TV coming to you live, of course on Sports Byline USA, the twitch.tv channel. This is it. Ring talk live worldwide, often imitated but never duplicated back with Clara Burke after the break. Ring Talk Live Worldwide is brought to you by the World Boxing Council, the WBC. Now, more Ring Talk with Pedro Fernandez. I saw the Isleys last year before the pandemic. And they still rock and roll. I mean, he's like 75, 78 years old, somewhere around 80 years old. They've been performing for as long as I've been alive. So the Ozzy brothers still rock and roll. so who is that lady? I think we sort of know who that lady is now. I'm talking about Claire Burke, boxing advisor, of course. Um, do you have a website or is there some way people can get a hold of you if they like, they need a manager?
1: Um, actually they can just call myself.
0: Okay, I don't, know if I, I don't know if I want to know oh, if I'm
1: on Facebook. They can reach out to me on Facebook, Messenger. They oh. can reach out to me on there. Okay. And then the ABF website. Okay. And my cell phone number's on both of those.
0: Okay. Women's boxing. It seems like it's coming back. I mean, you're old enough to remember Christy Martin and Lucia Riker and that kind of stuff, and they had a good little course. run. They had a good little run back in then, but now it looks like. Girls like Jessica McCaskill, an office girl, almost a techie. She's a techie type of girl, and she goes yeah, out she to...
1: works in investment banker, right?
0: Exactly. And she goes in and she yeah. she she beats the the icon the first time. Everybody says, "Oh, it's a fluke. It's a fluke." No, no, no. You don't be, you don't beat people on flukes. Anyway, she comes back in the second fight. She totally dominates her last night. And of course, we've got Amanda Nunes coming up next week, and then we've had Clarissa Shields last week. So we've got three weeks in a row women's boxing. Um Mauricio Suleiman, so I, he and I sort of think that it's coming back. Yeah, I mean, I would say it's coming back.
1: I think that it still has a long way to go. I'd like to see some people get involved where they really know how to promote and do some better marketing. But, shoot, I could say that about the male
0: division as well. Well, you know, boxing, right? listen, boxing, <laughs> boxing is not a, it's not a job. It's a bunch of independent contractors. Exactly. Is that the best way to exactly. describe it?
1: Right. So that yeah, so just, you know, putting together some teams. I mean, I I think it's coming back. I mean there's been I I think there's a few all female cards, you know, mm-hmm. uh cards coming up soon and things like that. You know, there's still a lot of talk about the two minute rounds or the three minute rounds things like that. So I'm, I'm kind I, of on the
0: fence with that. Well, you know, having box two minute and three minute rounds, I'm saying they should box two minute rounds because we'll get more action out of the two minutes. And I think they should lighten up on the gloves. They're starting they're redesigning the gloves, but I think they should lighten up on them. I think women should fight with sixes and fours. And the reason why I say that is they don't get the leverage on the blows that, that a man of the equal uh, size gets, so I don't think the I mean the WNBA the ball is smaller I think and the hoop is a little shorter so in the tennis t- in, in the world of tennis and golf the 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 uh, playing surfaces are adjusted I just think it in boxing the the uh, tools should be adjusted.
1: Right, I totally agree with you. I think they need to stay with the two minute rounds as well and make adjustments on the tools. I one hundred percent agree. Okay, I do. Uh, I I am not for the three minute rounds for the
0: female. Now, now, Claire Burke, you and I know we can go do an entire show on the bad on those bad guys who promote boxing in Detroit. huh?
1: (laughs) is that what you want to do? You want to talk about the bad promoters in Detroit? No, but we we can do a whole show on that, couldn't we? (laughs) We could do a whole week on that. Oh, it's it's so ridiculous! A whole week, it's so bad. And I and I wish it was different, but I think the commission is partly to blame because the way they structured this
0: commission. Does the athletic commission really let? The promoter hire the judges? The commission doesn't hire anybody? Nope, absolutely not.
1: The promoter is responsible for calling them up, scheduling them, paying them, the judges, the refs, everything. They do it all. And I tell people all the time, they're like, Clay, you're from Detroit. You know, I got a call from, uh, you know, someone that does a promotion at Motor City Casino and they want me to fight in their car, And they, I tell everyone not to do it. And it's then they think you know they think I'm a hater in Detroit. It's not that. It's just it's very corrupt and I, it honestly is. If I managed any fighters right now, which I am getting back into management, that's a, that's a whole nother thing. But um, I I would not put anyone on a if you're not from Detroit. I would not put any fighter on a fight in Detroit. That's, that's so there a, you go. Yeah. I said it. Everyone can say Claire Burke said it. And I'm a hater, but.
0: Well, That's yeah. true. Young lady, you have a great weekend. We're going to have you back real soon because okay. we will, I think we'll talk All about right. those Detroit promoters. You, okay. Great best. Thank you for All your right. time. All right. Talk to you soon. Thanks for having me on. The lady, no doubt about that, Claire Burke, man. She was like holding back there. We'll get her to let lo- loose. I mean, she, when she really lets loose, basically, the lady's got a lot to say. But that was her first time. We'll have her back in the future. No doubt about that.